0: Okay, well, we've made it to the clarity of Scripture. And the question that we, that we're going to ask tonight, as we, we've asked a, uh, a lead-in question with each of our, um, doctrines of the Word of God, the, the authority of Scripture, the inerrancy of Scripture, we get to the clarity of Scripture. So our lead-in question this morning is, can only Bible scholars understand the Bible rightly? What do you think? No. No, that's absurd. That's absurd. So we're going to talk about the clarity of Scripture and how an ordinary believer, even a babe in Christ, can clearly understand what God is communicating in His Word. So in anyone who has begun to read the Bible, though, they, they, they realize that some parts can be understood and some parts may seem puzzling. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, Peter wrote about that uh, uh, in, when he wrote about one of Paul's letters. Um, uh, Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16, he says, "...so also our beloved brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, speaking of this as he does in all his letters. Some, there are some things in them hard to understand." which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. Okay, so some scriptures... Um They are hard to understand, but most scripture for the, for the most part is, is not difficult to understand at all. But, but Peter continues in this passage when he, when he's talking about it being hard to understand. Um, he continues in this passage that the things in the Bible, they may be hard, some may be hard to understand, but they're not impossible to understand. You understand? Okay, (laughs) Um, they're only difficult to understand that, you know, may may need a little bit more in-depth study. So tonight we're going to look at six statements regarding the clarity of Scripture. Uh, Number one, uh, let's get a working definition of the clarity of Scripture. And here we go. The clarity of Scripture means that the Bible is written in such a way that its teachings can be understood by all who read it, seeking God's help and being willing to follow it. Now, that, that last part is key because you can pick up the word of God. And you. how many of you have ever picked up the Bible and, and read it? And then a few minutes later, you realize, OK, what on earth did I just read? Um, I do that with a lot of things anyway, but, but when we approach the Bible, when we approach reading the Bible, we need to have an open mind and heart um, for God to speak to us as we're reading it so that it will be uh, more readily understood. So, so the first we need to understand and affirm that the Bible is written in such a way that, that all things necessary for our salvation, all things necessary for our Christian life All things necessary for our Christian growth are very easy to understand and set forth clearly in Scripture. So salvation is easy to understand in the Bible. Um, our, um, our, Our Christian life is easy to understand in the Bible. Our Christian growth is easy to understand in the Bible. There's no gray area in those areas. Salvation is through faith alone and Christ alone. And no one else. The Bible is clear on that. Our Christian growth comes in prayer, being with the body of Christ, being in the word. And the Bible is clear on that as well. And the Bible is clear on Christian fellowship. And so, so all of these things are, are necessary. Um, and, and, it, and the Bible speaks to it with such clarity that it leaves no doubt of the position of the Bible. Um, number two two, where did that go? Okay, that's supposed to be a number two, not a number one, okay? Uh, number two, the Bible frequently affirms its own clarity. Someone turn in your Bible um, and read for me Deuteronomy 6 6 through 7. Who's what, got that? what these specifically, these two verses, are talking about is that all of Israel, all of the people of Israel were expected to be able to understand the words of Scripture well enough that they could teach them diligently to their children. And so, is that still of importance to us? It should be. Are, do we see families prioritizing that today? No. And so, it's it's our job as as leaders in the church to instill the principles of at-home discipleship in parents and grandparents. And and we teach them that, you know, your children may be here for two, three hours on a Sunday morning, two hours on a Wednesday night. So that's at most five or six hours that they're at church in a given week. Is that sufficient enough for the church to teach them everything they need to know about Scripture, about God? Absolutely not. So um, years ago, uh, Steve Stroop wrote a book uh, called It Starts at Home. And throughout this book, it, it helps parents and church leaders realize that discipleship starts at home. If there is a chance that your child is going to have a retention of the faith... It's got to start at home. And so it was so important for the people of Israel to teach these things diligently to their children. And so, th- so the character of Scripture is said to be such that even the simple can understand it rightly. And so Psalm 19, verse 7 says, You know, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And then we see uh, Psalm, um, uh, 119 verse 30, uh, 130, uh, the unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts, I think that's supposed to be one word, imparts understanding to the simple. And so, so simple in, in Hebrew is not one that lacks intellectual ability, okay? It's someone who lacks sound judgment. So when we read these verses and we see the word, uh, making wise the simple, um, imparting understanding to the simple, it's not talking about someone who may struggle with, with mental handicappedness, but it's someone who uh, is prone to lack sound judgment in many different things, who, who's prone to make mistakes, who's, who's prone to be easily led astray. Okay. So, so likewise, Jesus always placed the blame for both scholars and common people's misunderstanding of scripture, not on scripture, but on the ones who misunderstood it or failed to accept it as it was written. Jesus said it in many times, Matthew 12, um, verse 3, verse 5, Matthew 19, verse 4, Matthew 22, verse 31. He starts off with all of these instances saying, have you not read? Have you not heard? Have you not read in the scriptures? He says in Matthew 21, 42, and then, and then many passages in Matthew, and then John 3, 10, he, he speaks, to you, you are wrong because you, neither, you know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. And so Jesus alludes to this as well. And so um, number three, here we go. Back to my right numbers. Here we go. Um, there are moral and spiritual qualities needed for right understanding. You, in order to, to understand the Bible clearly, you, you need certain moral qualities and you need certain spiritual qualities as well. So the, the New Testament writers state that the ability to understand Scripture rightly is more a moral and spiritual than an intellectual ability. Okay. In order to understand scripture rightly, you may be the smartest person in the world, but if you lack moral and, and, and spiritual, um, maturity qualities, then you're not going to understand key concepts in scripture. And so, um, w- when we look at all of these verses, the, the unspiritual man does not receive the gifts, uh, which can be literally translated things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You, so. We've all known unbelievers, um, and we've probably known them to an extreme as well. The the people that are at an extreme, maybe agnostic, atheist uh, individuals, and the, the things of God the spiritual things that, that the Bible approaches and, and speaks about, how do, they, how do they view those things? As junk, as folly. Okay, so, so all, although the New Testament authors affirm that the Bible in and of itself is written clearly, they also affirm that it will not be understood rightly by those who are unwilling to receive its teachings. If, you, if you've got a hard heart... And you're morally or spiritually out of touch, then you're not going to receive the the full teachings of scripture okay. number four people will still misunderstand the Bible, so even during jesus's lifetime, his own disciples at at times failed to understand the old testament and jesus uh um in his own teachings uh, sometimes lack of because of lack of fulfillment other times because lack of faith and the hardness of their heart um in the early church christians uh did not understand or agree on the teachings of the old testament or about uh the the letters written by the apostles so um so we see this um We see this process, uh, Acts 15, we see the process of growth in understanding Gentile inclusion. Um, So uh, we know, 2,000 plus years removed from the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we know that salvation is for who? Everyone. Well, in the early church, that was a misunderstood concept. And so you see things that came about, like the Jerusalem Council, where they had to flesh out and try to figure out, you know, what's right, what's not right. Uh, what are we going to believe in terms of our Jewish heritage? What are we going to believe about salvation for the Gentiles? Because up until this point, salvation was only for the Jews. And so, um, uh, so we, we see that um, uh, Peter's misunderstanding of the same issue in, in, in Galatians 2 and then uh, frequent um, doctrinal and ethical issues that had to be corrected by the New Testament epistles. So um, in, in order to help people avoid making mistakes in interpreting Scripture, many Bible teachers have developed um, principles of interpretation or, or these guidelines um, to encourage spiritual growth in the skill of proper interpretation, so th- these guidelines. So th- these are the guidelines that we follow in order to interpret the Bible rightly. Okay, so we so we don't really um, we try not to to have too much misunderstanding among believers that that are studying students of the Bible. Um, and so one one of those um, is hermeneutics. Uh, hermeneutics literally means uh, to interpret. And, and hermeneutics is the study of correct methods of interpretation of Scripture. And so believers, um, they're not always going to agree on the teachings of every single Scripture. We see that. That's how we end up with different denominational alignments. We're not, we're not going to agree on every single um, doctrinal issue that, that may arise in the Bible, such as you know, you've got Methodists who sprinkle, Baptists who immerse, um, and then um, uh, the, the, the methodology of the Lord's Supper, and, and so on and so forth. You've got all of these different interpretations of what Scripture actually says, um, but these problems um, always lie not with Scripture itself, but with who? Us. Yeah. It's not a problem in Scripture. It's a it's a problem with us. And so that the this this is similar to what we discussed when we talked about the authority of Scripture. That that we may affirm that the words of Scripture have all authority of God Himself. But we also realize that many people um, they don't acknowledge that authority, or they and they don't submit themselves to it. So we that's where our sin comes in. We readily recognize the authoritativeness of scripture, but because of our sinfulness, we don't always obey it okay so similarly we we affirm that all teachings of scripture are clear and 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 that these these teachings are easy to understand for us or understandable, but we also recognize that that people often though maybe through their own shortcomings, um, misunderstand what is clearly written in Scripture. Okay, so hermeneutics to interpret. The other is um, exegesis, um, the actual practice of interpreting a text of Scripture. Okay, I threw this word out to you early on in our Wednesday night um, study of the Word of God. Um, What is the opposite of exegesis? Top quiz. The opposite of exegesis is eisegesis. Yeah. So so where exegesis, an, an exegetical study of scripture is actually saying, what does it mean? What is the context in this scripture? Eisegetical is how this is what I'm reading it to be. And you're you're not looking at the surrounding verses in context. A good, a good one is going to be when we get in a couple weeks on Sunday mornings to Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah, that, that verse is quoted out of context so many times. So, I can win a football game through Christ who gives me strength. I can, I can lift up a car if God gives me strength. Well, yeah, God can do anything. He's a big boy. Um, but... The surrounding verses involve Paul saying what? I know what it's like to have little. I know what it's like to have a lot. But whether I... Let me not butcher the verse. uh, Whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's what the verse... That that is an eisegetical study uh, interpretation of that verse. An eisegetical is... Yeah, I'm gonna win the football game. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, th- that's the two different, um, uh, workings. How do these, how do, how do hermeneutics and, um, exegesis, uh, work together? Um, when we study principles of interpretation, um, so hermeneutics, when we study these principles, the hermeneutics, um, but when we apply those principles and begin actually explaining the biblical text, we are doing exegesis. Interpreting, hermeneutics, explaining, exegesis, okay? And that's all free for you tonight, okay? We'll, we'll move on from the uh, um, fourth semester seminary language. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> Number five, the doctrine of clarity offers practical encouragement. Hallelujah for that. The doctrine of clarity tells us that that there are areas of doctrinal or ethical disagreement. um, uh, It tells us where there are areas of doctrinal um, or ethical disagreement. So, for example, over baptism or predestination um, or church government. um, So there there are only two possible causes for these, um, for for some of these disagreements. Number one, we may be seeking to make... um, Affirmations where scripture itself is silent. So, you know, scripture may not speak to something, but we may be trying to make something of it. Uh, number two, we we may have um, we may have made mistakes in our interpretation of scripture. So either scripture is silent or we've made a mistake, okay? Um and so uh so so the um maybe the data we used um to decide a question of interpretation. Um, was inadequate or incomplete, or it, it could have just been that there is some personal inadequacy on our part. For example, pride, greed, uh, lack of faith, selfishness, failure um, to devote enough time to prayerfully reading and studying Scripture. So, so how does clarity offer encouragement to all Christians? Uh, it, it encourages us also to read our Bible daily and, and with great eagerness you know, we, we have a hunger for the Word of God um, because we know that, you know, whatever life circumstance may throw at us, um, the Bible is going get, to help get us through that. And, and, and we should never assume uh, that only people who know Greek and Hebrew um, are only pastors or Bible scholars are able to understand the Bible rightly. There was a reason God used ordinary men to write these books. So that ordinary people can understand them, and so uh, so so we need to understand that that this doctrine of clarity it offers encouragement, and so where there may be some disagreement or confusion or whatever, it it may be that maybe the Bible didn't speak to it, or, or we got it wrong ourselves. But always know that the Bible um, is there for our encouragement as well. Um, and number six, um, the four roles of biblical scholars. You know, there, there there are some camps of people that, you know, think that, you know, cemetery, cemetery. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip, um, that uh, seminary is um, not necessary, that it's a waste of time. Um, and there's another camp of people that think that every single pastor, ministry leader should go to seminary. And I agree with them both. OK, and say what let me explain to you what I mean by that. Um, God calls men to the ministry and they are not always able to go to seminary. But we should be diligently diligent in studying the Bible as much as we can. But if God calls you to ministry and you are physically and financially able to go to seminary, do it go. I was fortunate enough at my former church that um, a man sold his house and put the money into a, um, a mutual fund or, or whatever it was, I'm not financial minded. Um, and the money from that went to pay for anybody in the, uh, a member of that church to have a free ride to seminary. So that, that, was, that was such a huge blessing to me. And so um so yeah, so there there are roles for biblical scholars. Number one, they can teach scripture clearly, communicating its context to others, and thus fulfilling the office of teacher mentioned in the New Testament, First Corinthians 12, Ephesians four. Um, uh, this this does not mean denial, oh uh, wait, I'm sorry, I'm didn't realize that was on the screen. Um, so, th- so the second thing. Sorry about that. Um, they can explore new areas of understanding the teaching of Scripture. So let me let me explain to you what I mean by that. Explore new areas of understanding the teacher of script teaching Scripture. So this this doesn't mean that new things are being added to Scripture. The Bible speaks clearly against adding to, taking away from Scripture. Um, so, we're, so we're not going to deny any of the main teachings of the church. Um, but what this does mean is that it can involve, a biblical scholar can... Um, involved the application of scripture in new areas of life, the the answering of difficult questions that that have been raised by both believers and non-believers, the the continual um, activity of refining and making more precise the church's understanding of detailed points of interpretation of verses, doctrinal matters, um, and ethics, and so on and so forth. Um, they, They can explore new areas of understanding um, of the scriptures, always, always, always using the scripture as the foundation, never altering what God intended for that verse to mean. Okay, they can defend the teachings of the Bible against attacks by other scholars or those with specialized technical training. Uh, what is defending the teachings of the Bible, defending the faith? What's the, what's the proper word for that? Apologetics. Wow. Got one. Y'all all get an A. Um, so, so, um, this involves correcting false teachings. Um, we may not be able, um, as, as the Bible, um, as the Bible puts it, we may not be able to only give instruction in sound doctrine, but we can also refute those who contradict it, uh, correcting our opponents with, with gentleness. Okay, uh, Titus 1 and 2 and Second Timothy 2 speaks to that. What's that? Not always, Not always with gentleness. Um, the, after, the, uh, after the second time, I think a little bit of firmness c- should come to that. Um, but yeah, uh, correcting our opponents uh, with gentleness and then strong opinion when, when it needs to take place. Uh, like I said, Titus 1 and two, Second Timothy 2 uh, talks about uh, the sound doctrine and correcting and refuting those. Um, so uh, uh, the third one, uh, the fourth one here is uh, biblical scholars. They can supplement the study of Scripture for the benefit of the church. And so b- uh, biblical scholars have um, training that enables them to relate teachings of Scripture to the, to the rich history of the church and to make interpretation of Scripture more precise um, and, and its meaning more vivid. Uh, with greater knowledge of, of the languages, the cultures in which the Bible was written. So that, that does not mean that it only takes a biblical scholar to do these, four, these last four things that I've mentioned. Um, a person who has studied Scripture their whole life and has never darkened the door of a seminary, the Holy Spirit can give them the understanding and the clarity um, to, to be able to speak into these, these hard topics as well.